Welcome once again to another fantastic episode of the Business Creators Radio Show. We help business creators like you win at the game of business and marketing so you can thrive from your intersection of your brilliance and your passion and make a difference for your community, market, and audience. Please take a moment and visit our website, www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. You'll find hundreds of episodes covering a breadth and depth of topics relevant to you as a business creator and links to subscribe via your favorite network so you get fresh episodes delivered straight to you. And now, here's today's episode. Let's get started. My name is Adam Homie. I am your host, and I am honored by your wise decision to tune in and invest in yourself today. Once again, the Business Creators Radio Show comes to you from my sumptuous balcony here in Las Vegas, Nevada. We have a bit of a from-the-field aspect to what we do, and our listeners know that listening to our show is like sitting in on a private mastermind conversation. So get your pad of paper and two pens ready to capture those aha moments that may naturally arise and those points of curiosity that will present themselves as you consume and enjoy what you're about to experience today. This is going to be about building a noteworthy reputation. We're going to cover the local search stuff. We're going to cover customer communication, public image, lots of things having to do with reputation. Because reputation is a very important thing. In some cases, it actually means more than the listing and bullet points of products and services you offer, believe it or not. To help us dissect this, we have Eric Edelist, who's somebody I'm very happy to speak with. He's an experienced entrepreneur and marketing strategist. He's a positive thinking self-starter with a diverse background in digital marketing and subscription-based companies. Eric built his company called Bizooey. I'll spell that for you. It's B-I-Z-O-O-Y to provide local businesses with a next level proactive way to catch and resolve customer issues and improve their public image. He wanted to provide affordable technology to help local businesses succeed. Eric and his team have worked with multiple brands ranging from Fortune 500 companies to startups, helping some clients to grow revenue to over a million dollars per year. And hey, if an extra mil sounds good to you, what you're about to experience is going to sound great. Eric Edelis, come on in, the weather's fine. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be on your show. Oh, heck yes. Oh, my, my. Oh, heck yes. Let's start before we dive into this topic, which is something that I myself am very passionate about the same way we do all of our episodes. I read off your biography, which is so impressive. I'm not sure I'm worthy to be here, and this is my show. Let's (laughs) discover a bit more about you personally. Tell us some of the experiences in your journey that's brought you to where you are today, serving business creators from your intersection of your brilliance and your passion. Yeah, no, definitely. So, I mean, I have a very diverse background. Um, I got my I got my start in kind of lead generation, affiliate marketing, did some PR stuff, um, and then kind of got immersed in SEO. And I really realized, you know, the importance of uh, customer feedback and using that feedback to make data-driven decisions for businesses. Um, and once I really dug deep and trying to figure out solutions that kind of exist to help, you know, customers. Um, there was nothing really out there um, that was affordable, that was easy to use. It was, you know, just really off, offhand right then and there, point click 
and now you start growing, you know, and then that, and that's how kind of Bazooie was born. Beautiful, beautiful. I make a point in my book, Groundhog Days, Invent Not a Business Strategy. A few years ago, my computer needed a new keyboard. So I, so I went and did the uh, self-diagnosis, which meant looking it up online and finding out how to deal with the issues with the keyboard, which basically boiled down to a couple of the keys had fallen off and a couple more were loose, just because the thing was about three years old and I used it 10 hours a day. Naturally, wear and tear. So I had found on eBay this keyboard that you'd open up the computer and insert it. And I thought, nope, I'm getting somebody to help me. I took the computer to this computer repair place that was near me, and they refused to fix it. They refused to buy the part that I had found because they did research and discovered more about my particular model computer and informed me that basically what I was going to need was a much larger part that the keyboard was integrated into. So not only was I amazed by that, at first I was a little bit surprised, so I took it to a couple of their competitors and they told me substantially the same thing. I went back to these folks and they were so impressed that I did my due diligence that they even waived the usual fee that they charge up front to order parts even before they begin their work. They turned it around to me three days earlier than I expected. And of course I gave them glowing online reviews. In fact, part of the review said, that they wouldn't help me, they wouldn't fix my computer. And then I explained the reasons why, because I wanted to stand out from all the other, oh, the customer service was great type reviews. Now, this computer repair place, on a scale of one to five on Yelp, has about a 4.2. That's part of what attracted me to them, because I wanted to see a few things. And this is my general rule when it comes to looking at online reviews. I want to see that they've screwed up. Because I, I, no business is perfect. I want to see how they screwed up. And I want to see what they did about it to either make the situation whole or take care of an angry troll. Because it's real simple, my friend. If I'm one of those customers that gets the bad luck, I want to know that I'm in good hands. So I want to get your thoughts on that before we dive in. Yeah, no, definitely. So, I mean, I think that's one thing that uh, a lot of you know, consumers these days are looking for. They're actually looking for that exact thing to see uh, a diversified review portfolio. You know, you don't want to just see all five stars. Oh, it was great. It was great. It was great. It was, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Um, e- even a four star, you know, it, it is, could be great. You know, if you actually read what the customer has to say, um, you know, sometimes they just don't give that five star because, uh, it was an extra five, they had to wait an extra five minutes, you know, which sometimes I can understand, you know, time is money, that kind of thing. But at the end of the day, it's, it's not all about, um, the five stars that, that matters. It, it's really like what you said, it's, it's learning about what the customer actually experienced versus, uh, you know, a one to five star rating, um, and reading their, their, their story and their experience. Um, so yeah, I, I agree with you a hundred percent in that regard that there's a lot of, you know, learning to be done, even, you know, from a business owner standpoint, that they actually listen to what their customers are saying. If that computer repair shop had had 500 five-star reviews and no other type of review, I might've been suspicious because come on, do, do you ever think that every single computer repair job gets done right the first time? No chance. I mean, let's be real. That's like like believing reviews for a car repair shop 
that say that the car ran perfectly every single time or that the job was always done on time or they always had the right part. Give me a break. That doesn't exist even when the supply chain is working. So uh, let's look at. That's a good like, point. You know, yeah. like Jiffy, like Jiffy Lube, you know, like those, they say, oh, 15 minutes and you're in and out. And most of the time it's not 15 minutes. I don't know if you've ever taken <laughs> yeah. your car to one of those, but it's definitely have. not 15 minutes. So therefore they don't have, you know, five-star reviews across the board and people leave real honest reviews saying, Hey, it actually took 30 minutes, double the time you promised type thing. And, uh, you know, and then the business owner will respond with something like, well, we want to make sure that we're doing, uh, giving your, your car the right care. Um, therefore we were, we, you know, took an extra little time to make sure that everything was, you know, on par to our standards. Correct. Correct. So Again, uh, this all goes back to online search. When I needed the computer fixed, I had never taken a computer anywhere in Las Vegas to get fixed before. In fact, I couldn't remember last time I'd taken a computer repair shop. Usually I get them from Best Buy, I get the extended warranty, and then when they're about two months, or excuse me, two years and 11 months old, right before the extended warranty comes in, I drag them kicking and screaming and limping back there, and I get them replaced under the uh, destructor warranty, so... And uh, I mean, that destruct warranty has also saved me a couple of other situations, like in 2020, actually, when I bought a laptop and it took me a few months to realize it, but the thing was a lemon and they found it easier to just uh, destroy and replace it because that particular model had been discontinued. Uh, now, when it comes to finding things like computer repair shops or anything that you would be looking at reviews for, that sometimes becomes a matter of local search. So what can a business do? Let's start laying some foundations here to get their business to rank highly or rank first on the local search results. Yeah. So let me just take it back to your personal story here. Um, do you have an iPhone? I have a Google Pixel 3 XL. Okay. So you're, you're actually already on, on Google Maps. The reason why I asked is because if you go to the uh, iPhone and you go to Apple Maps, they actually pull all that, that business data from Yelp. Really? So, yes. So a lot of users don't actually know that or business owners don't actually know that, but that's why Yelp is just as important as Google because, you know, Apple prefers to pull their data versus Google Maps. I will remind our listeners, I'm not only the host, I'm a student in the front row with my notepad out. I did not know that Apple Maps pulls its data from Yelp because you hear so much about Google Maps and Google listings and everything. And you hear that Yelp is this company out there and there's some controversy about it, which you see going back and forth. But I didn't know that it was used for searches on iPhones. Yep. Wow. So with that said, you know, uh, depending on where you're searching and how you're searching is going to bring a different result. Um, and so you were using, it seems like a, a Google phone. So you're going to be on Google maps. Yep. Um, so that would just be your, you know, your Google search result. Um, and a lot of that is driven around, you know, customer reviews, the customer feedback, but also depending on what terms you typed in. So keywords that you typed in to find that local result, right? Yep. It actually skims through the reviews that people leave and for that keyword to make sure that it actually it's one of the legitimate signals that to legitimize that 
your search term is actually a bit a service that these guys provide from the customer feedback. <laughs> That's interesting. So if you're, I mean, well, let's just keep it simple for our listeners. Let's stay with computer repair shops for a little bit. So you're hoping that some of these reviews have the key phrase computer repair in them. Correct. Yeah. So computer so, repair, fix my computer, anything that indicates your machine's on the fritz and you take it somewhere and they fix it. Correct. Wow. See, um, I didn't use a, a mobile device at all. I used that same laptop that was missing two keys and had two loose. I just typed very carefully. However, interesting point, the first night that I lived in Las Vegas, when I moved here in November 2013, I'd gotten in that morning after a cross-country drive. I got the keys to the place I'd already leased. I called the place where I had some of my stuff shipped ahead and I had it delivered to my place. I uh, ordered some furniture because I donated all my furniture before I made the cross-country move and made arrangements for it to be delivered on Sunday. So you get to, and I even went to a, a grocery store and it was one of those rare cases where you had a bachelor with a full refrigerator because you usually start that way and then you eventually get down to where you just have the half empty bottle of ketchup. Now, <laughs> now, uh, Fast forward to about 7 p.m. I'm sitting in the only piece of furniture I have, which is a folding chair, because my kittens did a number on my air mattress. Uh, it was bad. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, I could go for a cigar right now. I lived in the 89128 zip code, which is where our business address is located today. And I pulled up my smartphone, uh, used a data plan because I didn't have my internet yet. And I typed cigar shop 89128, let's go. That was the actual search term. And it, revealed there, and it revealed there was a shop uh, with a lounge about a mile and a half from me. So I went and checked that out. I ended up becoming a regular there for about three years. So the point being is throughout all this, there was a big book sitting on the counter of this unfurnished townhouse. It was yellow and it had a lot of ads in it. I was thinking of that only as a potential doorstop. My first reach was for my device to use the data plan to find what I was looking for. I'd also used it earlier in the day to find that local grocery store. And then I wanted specifically a Whole Foods to pick up some of their stuff. So I found the nearest Whole Foods. Turned out they were side by side, very serendipitous. Uh, so that's where I think that local search really comes into play because as I've said many times, as soon as a business goes online, even if they're a local, even if they're a local business, they are in fact a global business. People search locally, excuse me, search globally to find locally. Yeah, correct. Um, that's you know proximity reach. So that's one of the signals is learning about uh, how close the cu potential customer is to your actual business, and that your business actually matches that what they're actually searching for. So that comes the user intent. Uh, portion. Right. So we know these consumer reviews are important. So how do we improve them? And how does improving them increase revenue? Yeah. So improving your customer reviews starts with getting cust new customer reviews, correct? Yes. Um, and I mean, that's where Bazooey comes into play. Um, where We proactively allow business owners to send SMS and email messages directly to their customer, just asking how their experience was. If they had a okay experience, one to three star, pushes back to the business owner, the business owner could then uh, rectify the situation, offer, you know, uh, discounts or whatever to come back and, you know, make it right for them. 
four or five, they'll push it to Yelp, Google, Facebook, whatever the business owner has chosen in the back end to, uh, to grow their reviews. Um, and therefore, you know, it becomes a numbers game in terms of if you have, let's say, 100 customers visit your business um, and if you follow up with none of them, guess what? You're probably going to have no new reviews. But if you follow right. up with all 100 of them, you might get 10 new reviews, right? So, or 15 new reviews. So that's how, it, you know, our solution actually converts, um, you know, customers into actual raving fans about your business by spreading their joy or experience about your business online. Yeah, let's go back to that furniture store for a minute. They delivered the stuff on Sunday like they said they would, but one of the pieces was broken and another piece was just incorrect. So what did I do? I telephoned them up again. And the very next day, they came to pick up the stuff that really didn't need to be there. They gave the credits back instantly. And then the same trip, not only did they take back my old stuff, they brought in the replacements. Like the thing that was broken, they brought an unbroken version. And the thing that was just incorrect, they bought the, brought the correct version. So I had an email exchange with the owner of the furniture store later on. I said, you know, I'm very satisfied with the final line up here. You guys are fantastic. And I really appreciate how patient you were and how responsive you were when things didn't work out correctly the first time and the way you worked with lightning speed to make me happy. I'm very excited about the new furnishings in my townhouse here. Thank you again. And he replied, great. Uh, could you paste that exact thing onto Google and Yelp? And what was your response? Uh, sure. <laughs> sure. Yeah. No, exactly. But the, the issue is like, yeah, because they have you on the phone and you're happy right then and there. But a lot of the time, the customer isn't going to take the initiative to go find your Yelp or Google page. And that's that's where, you know, Bazooie or solutions like Bazooie come in and uh, live the ability for the business owner to actually follow up with their customer and provide them, you know, a a click by click basis of where they, you know, directing them where to go to actually leave that review versus just saying, having that conversation or, you know, sometimes it works when you follow up via email, um, you know, the business owner, if you're going back and forth with an email exchange and then like, Hey, can you just, they just drop you a link to their profile. You click it and you leave it. That, that works, you know, but most of the time it's like what you said, it's just the word of mouth. Like, Hey, can you go, leave us a review on Google and, and Yelp. Um, and then most, and that actually transpires into no new reviews because um, unless someone's as generous as yourself that, you know, wants to take the time to go figure out, Oh, is this the correct page? Is this what he was talking about? You know, this or that um, you're most likely not going to then take, take that action. Now that you mention it in his reply, the furniture store owner did actually give the links to their Google and Yelp pages so that I have them right in front of me. I didn't have to go searching. And he was very proactive in responding immediately while the issue still had my attention. Now, I know that's difficult for a lot of business owners to do because of bandwidth. And um, we're going to speak a little bit more because I have some questions about this bazooie and how it actually solves some of this. But there are a couple other things I wanted to... Uh, cover first and we've been micro here i want to go really macro just to change things up a bit so what business and marketing strategies overall are and aren't working in your opinion because you cover more than just business reviews you're pretty holistic yeah so um what don't 
what, what the best strategy, honestly, is to grow your word of mouth. Um, if you, if you're able to have people become like true fans about your business and, um, share with their friends and their family and, you know, that sort of thing, uh, within the local community, because they believe in you so much and they were so happy about, you know, either the service they provided or the product they provided. And you had that great experience. If you're willing to just, you know, you have coffee with your friend and then you just start talking about your experience and then your friend goes and is looking for a piece of furniture and uh, you know, so on and so forth. And then that kind of just builds like that. So if you could figure out, you know, how to build your word of mouth and that usually starts with great uh, customer experience. Right, 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 right. So um, go ahead, keep going. I, you have more. Yeah, no, no, no. So, and then what, I mean, I would say what really doesn't work is, um, you know, paid ads in terms of, uh, you know, Facebook and, and that sort of thing. When you're tar- a lot of the time, uh, a lot of these business owners don't have the experience that, uh, and the know-with-all to, you know, sort out, sort out the different um, targeting factors, such as, you know, the ge- geographic location. So sometimes they um, actually target, you know, they're, they're in Phoenix, but they're targeting, uh, people that are in New York, uh, that's not really going to help, is it? Not um, at all. <laughs> and honestly, it's crazy. And more, more than more so than not, you actually see that. Like a pizza shop in Phoenix is is targeting, you know, customers on the East Coast um, just because they don't have the wherewithal. But they're like, well, I know I need to get Instagram ads going, so this is what I'm going to do. So you need to really make sure that you actually look at your targeting metrics and. Um, knowing your customer profiles uh, and then, you know, targeting that way versus just setting up an automated campaign and hoping for the best. Yeah. I occasionally see ads for things that are just their local businesses, but they're not local to me. And I'm thinking, what are you doing? If you're running an ad to me, it should be about your online store, but you're telling me to come in <laughs> and a little, little disconnect to me. I can see if you have an online store and you have a global component to your local business, Go global. Find areas where you believe that people are going to place a lot, a lot of online orders and test it if that's a part of your business. But make sure that the ads that people see in Phoenix are about the online store. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I just I find that so hilarious. Now, uh, now, now I want to get a little bit into the customer communication. And on several of our episodes here on Business Creators Radio, We have had conversations actually on topics that on the surface weren't even related, evolve or devolve or spin out or what have you into conversations about trolls. This is something that our listeners cannot get enough of. So your business online reviews are getting trolled. What do you do? Yeah, um, the best way to do is actually to respond to those uh those troll, those trolls that leave the reviews and just, you know, leave a real honest answer and be, you know, and say, Hey, uh, I understand that you have concerns about the business. Uh, can you please, you know, send us an email? Uh, you know, we'd be happy to help. So essentially just trying to rectify the situation. Um, Uh obviously even if it's a fake situation, you're still trying to rectify it. And, um, you know, customers, 
or potential customers will review, you know, read that and, and appreciate that. You know, they think that they're actually going to get the help that they need uh, as well. But then um, the biggest factor is to generate new positive reviews um, that will just push that down, down the, uh, down the way. Um, so, you know, it's kind of a, it's kind of a two-faced game there. You, you need to make sure that uh, instead of ignoring, you need to respond. And then instead of just letting it, it sit there, you need to go after new reviews. Yeah. And in this age where you get a lot of fake reviews, I remember a very interesting story about this. And this is somebody who was a friend of mine who owned a business that had the word gypsy in the business name. Well, there were a bunch of social justice warrior trolls that decided to come after her business and leave all kinds of really nasty and not to mention fake reviews about how uh, they were every form of IST word and on and on and on and on and on how they discriminate and et cetera, a bunch of total lies. And this was a Canadian business and you had people in California uh, reviewing it. Like, come on, it was stupid. And then you know what the best part is? Is somewhere along the line, uh, these people in this organization of trolls said, hey, uh, we're actually targeting the wrong business. We meant to go after this other gypsy thing in Minnesota. And another one said, yeah, well, we're here. We'll just wreck this one too. Yeah, no, I, I mean, that's the whole thing. And, and, and what, happened, what happened to this person there is their, is their rating went from 4.3 to like 1.8 in one day. Yeah. I believe it. I mean, that's the thing. You never, you never know, you know, who hates you or your competitor. Um, I know it's a very, very competitive landscape. Um, And I've dealt with it countless times. And I I know the the one thing that actually does help is to, you know, go after uh, new, new opportunities um, and make sure that you're always, you know, staying fresh. Yeah, I think that's very important. And what I saw a business do once when they had somebody who apparently actually was your customer and just was the type of customer who, you know, you probably should have never served them because they already basically told you they were planning to complain about your service. You know what I'm talking about as a, as a business owner. And uh, this, they just went on and on in the reviews. And the business owner said, look, uh, at such and such a time, I left you a voicemail message. At such and such a time, I left you an email. I'd like to attempt to resolve this for you. If you could please respond to one of these inquiries, that would be fantastic. And we'll do our best to, to make this all work out for you. And then the person just uh, said, oh, they just went on and on and on with their vitriol and their trolling and everything else. And the business owner finally said, okay, for everybody else, you can see I really tried here, but you can't win them all. And I loved how that final response from the business owner got so many upvotes. Oh yeah, people love when the business owner is active. I mean, yeah, it it just shows that they care. Like, I love it personally. I'm like, hey, I'm in this business, and I understand reputation, and I understand SEO, and I understand you know all these different ways. But when you know a business owner takes the time to uh, respond to me or, you know, care about anything I have to say. I, I love it. I mean, I just, I yeah. feel like I have that personal touch. Um, and I think there's no way around that. You know, if you could really create that personal touch, you're, you're going to win. 
Yeah. And what I loved about that situation was the humanity of the business owner where they just came out and said, look, everybody else reading this, I tried with this person, but all they want to do is gripe. So, you know, I got to get, I got to get back to business here. And it showed that, you know, they're also a business owner that's going to be willing to defend their brand and defend their space so they can do the best they can for the customers who appreciate them. And sometimes that's important because I don't want to do business with a company that's going to do nothing but call out everybody that complains about it. Yeah, I agree. A hundred percent. Like no one, no one wants to just deal with complainers ever. You know, you want to just, you know, make sure, like I said, you need to build those true fans. Right. Right. And I've seen, and I've seen cases, <coughs> excuse me. I've uh, seen cases where, where, uh, and this was actually a friend of mine who has written a series of books. Uh, I, at the time, and at the time this happened, she had written 21 books and somebody went to her Amazon reviews and said that her premise was stupid and, and it just, just a really nasty review. So she mentioned this in her Facebook group and that negative review got so many downvotes and so many responses to it that were just, uh, they were just hilarious. Uh, I remember in one case, somebody wrote, and uh, I don't know who this person is, but I, I think I might've seen him in a mirror once, wrote something to the effect of, on your Facebook profile, it says you're a wannabe author. So what the hell do you have to say? I use a different word. What the hell do you have to say about somebody who's published 21 books? Why don't you go pretend to run marathons? Because I see most of what you do is pretend to jog. <laughs> That's funny. Now, the point I make with that is that because this person had built loyalty in their own tribe, they were willing to defend her. All she had to do was mention she was having a problem and they leapt to the cause so quickly. She had to say, whoa, whoa, guys, guys, calm down. Uh, we, we got about 12 responses. I think the guy gets the point. And lo and behold, he deleted his review. Yeah, there you go. I mean, the thing is, it actually is possible to get reviews taken down from Google. Um, and, and Yelp per se, but it, you know, there's definitely, there's, they, if you read their, um, privacy policy and their terms and conditions, they really state like what can't be said, you know, and if you find a way to attach that to what has been said, um, you know, and, and, and kind of state a, a case around it, they actually will review and, and you know, and I've even had some taken down before um, from Google. Uh, it, it was a long, you know, daunting process. But at the end of the day, um, you know, they, they definitely care about making sure that, you know, everything is real. Um, and yeah. if, it is, if it is like a, you know, a competitor trying to, to ruin your reputation, um, they definitely care. Yeah. Uh, I had a really... There was another funny story. I can't remember the name of this place, but it was, I believe it was a pizza place in San Francisco or something like that. And I was in Las Vegas at the time and they were unhappy with how Yelp was treating them, the business as a customer. So they ran a special that if you posted a negative review on their Yelp page and then brought in a printed copy of the review, they would give you a discount on pizza. So That's hilarious. I, yeah, so I was uh, I was just in a mood that day, and I thought this really doesn't have anything to do with me, but I'm gonna have some fun with it. So I uh, here's 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 what I did. Uh, I found out that they closed at eight o three. Excuse me, at eight o'clock p.m. So I called them at eight o three, and I attempted to place an order for Mexican food. 
for for delivery to Las Vegas. And there's a reason why I did that. So obviously they said, ha, 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 real funny. Put that on our Yelp. And if uh, wherever we see you in San Francisco, bring it in. We'll honor the deal. I said, thank you. So I posted on Yelp that uh, I'd called them at uh, 8.03 p.m. and uh, attempted to place a delivery order for Mexican to be taken to Las Vegas. And they came up with these ridiculous reasons why they wouldn't do it. Like, oh, it's too far and we're closed and other bullshit excuses the company should never give. And I told her, I said, hey, look, fine. You know what? Um, I was hoping to get some tacos for my cats, but there is a Mexican place around the corner. I'll just go there since you won't help me. So about, so about seven months later, I get a message from Yelp saying that they had taken down my false review and uh, they gave me all these nasty warnings about not abusing their platform anymore. So I filed a complaint about that with Yelp and I said, look, um, here's the phone log that says that I called this place at 8.03 p.m. So what I wrote was actually an accurate review. That's funny. They didn't care. No, of course they don't. Yeah. So we get to so we get to do this. Now, you mentioned you know, competitors who will sometimes send reviewers over to mess up their star ratings. And you've met, you know, we've discussed trolls and we've also discussed how sometimes these review companies treat the businesses that use them for their review services. Now, this may be a slightly off-topic question, but I do know local business owners that are reticent to use Google or Yelp because they've either heard the stories or they've been on the short end of the experience where they were basically made to feel that if they didn't pay money, they would get their reviews trounced. Now, is that a real thing? And if so, what can a business do about that if they feel they're in that situation? Um. I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a real, real thing. I think, you know, a lot of people have speculation about, you know, different platforms doing different things. Um, I know that, I mean, obviously Yelp wants to have the opportunity to have local business owners advertise. um, And therefore, you know, they have different algorithms in place to try to uh, increase that opportunity for them. Um, but I don't think that it, they're purposely trying to be malicious. Okay. All right. I wanted to dispel that because that's something that we hear from time to time. Now, reviews are a piece of public image, and I know there are other components as well. So I'm going to ask you a general question, and then I want to get a little bit into how Bazooey works. Uh, so yeah. what quick tips can you share in general on improving your business's public image? Yeah, um, improving your pu- uh, public image is all about providing uh, good customer service, right? Um, it's it starts with you know providing that experience that's memorable that people want to share about, um, whether it's with their friends or family or it's uh, online at one of these sites such as Google, uh, Yelp, Facebook, that sort of thing. I mean, if you're a lawyer, you find law. You know, if you have a doctor, you have all the uh, real patient reviews, all those kind of sites. Um, and they're all very, very important. Um, and the, you know, the number one factor though, is, you know, th- them understanding, you know, the service that you've given them or the product that you've given them is of quality and matches what they're actually looking for. Yeah. 
Yeah, so let's get into Bazooey a little bit. We've discovered some of the issues with companies getting reviews, which is bandwidth to even solicit them, how they solicit them, what they do to create an experience with their customers. It makes that customer want to leave a review. So from let's and let's look at it from two different sides. Let's start with the customer's perspective, the end user, uh, the person who went into that that business and patronized it. What does Bazooey look like to them? Yeah, so. Um... You know, it, it's all about the opportunity to follow up with with them, right? Um, yeah. A lot of the time, business owners or even managers uh, don't even follow up with their customers. They just come into their store, they, you know, they shop, they have the product, they have a good time, you know, this and that. Um, and they're just, there's no follow-up. So, Bazooey was designed as a post-visit or, you know, post-experience communication tool to just simply send an SMS or an email um, or both um, and just saying, hey, how was your experience? Like, essentially, we know you were at our business um, and we want to understand what your experience was like. Um, and therefore, it's very, not, it's a non-invasive feeling because you're either you're getting a text message and or email and you're just like, okay, well, I actually had a good experience there or I had a bad experience. So it's all about the proactive approach rather than the reactive approach. Um, and I think that a lot of the time is, is you know, more on the uh, reactive approach because someone did leave that bad review. Someone did have that bad experience. And it might be because, you know, it you had a, a trainee you know, a new employee, a trainee that doesn't actually know your product offerings or something like that. And, you know, someone felt like their time was wasted. Uh, and I think that, you know, there's a lot of opportunity to uh, reach out to that customer and, you know, explain to that customer that this was a new employee, a trainee. Um, and, you know, they're not fully aware of everything yet because they were just brought on, you know, a day ago, this week, whatever. Um, and I think then the customer um, will then understand the experience and the reason why that experience happened. And therefore, instead of just having, uh, you know, a bad review put up there, um, you're now going to turn that bad review into most likely a raving fan because, you're offering, um, you know, not only did you provide the information, the background information of saying, hey, this was a trainee, it's a new employee. Um, you're actually saying, hey, why don't you come back and either deal with, you know, Jeff, the manager here or myself, you know, the owner, and I would love to make your experience great. Now, when you get the opportunity, the opportunity to send them, you know, asking for their feedback, most likely it's going to be pretty good. Um, and, yeah. and, and that's kind of how this, um, this is the opportunity that is presented with Bazooey. Yeah. Uh, now does Bazooey allow for reviews to be held so that a customer, so the business owner can intercept these things and try and solve them before they become public? Cause I've heard of some review services that do that. So it's not, I'm not going to say held, right? And that's why we say uh, customer feedback because it's not essentially a review until it's actually posted online. 
Yeah. Um, and if you leave one to three stars, that is only going to push a notification to the business owner. Four or five, it will then pr- give the option to redirect to the Yelp, Google, or Facebook, or whatever site the uh, business right. owner wants to uh, grow. So I wouldn't say held because you're actually just gaining feedback. Um, but yeah, the, the information is definitely not public if it's negative. I think that I think that could be helpful. I had an experience once with a restaurant here in Las Vegas that uh, the service I got was absolutely awful. I was sitting at a table with five other people who were friends of mine, and the server came by and took all their orders and meanwhile hadn't even given me a menu. So I had to ask three times for the menu. And on the fourth time I asked, he took a menu from somebody else, flung it at me, hit me in the arm and said, here's your menu. Now, finally, yeah, now, and the other people at the table were women he was flirting with, okay? So, um, now, I look at this menu, and I think that the selections are basically crap, but I managed to find, okay, so I guess since there's nothing here for me, I'll have their chips and salsa, so at least I have something. Well, the chips were so pathetic, they broke every time I tried to stick them in the salsa, uh, so I didn't even get it. I didn't even get any food, really. And my and my drink was left empty and every you know, just run down the list. And so I attempted to complain about this. And I asked the server's name and he said and he just said, well, I don't have a name because he wasn't wearing a name tag. And I and uh, I asked for the manager and the manager was perpetually busy. And then I was, and then, and then they, and then when I went to pay for it, they had the gall to ask uh, how much of a tip I was going to leave. Oh, that's great. So, so what, <laughs> so what, so what did I, so what did I do? Uh, at this point, I made several attempts to resolve the issue locally. I took it to Yelp. Now I did that because I was looking for them to make it right by me. What they, what did they do instead? They looked me up online, researched me, found out who my friends are figured out that a couple of my friends were regulars there and another one of my friends held meetings in their meeting space and went after my friends who frequented there and said that if I didn't take down my review, they would be banned from the establishment and that my friend who ran meetings there would no longer be allowed to run meetings there and told them, you better tell Adam to get that review down or you're going to pay for it. Oh, that's uh... so, I, so, I, so to save my friends, I took the thing down, but I will, I will talk shit on Tommy Bahama restaurants for the rest of my life as a result of that. All they had to do, all they had to do is reply to my review and say, wow, that's not what we were hoping your experience would be. Can you please come back and give us a chance to try again? That's it. That's all they had to do. They didn't even have to offer a discount. They didn't have to say they were sorry. All they had to do was say, wow, that's unexpected. That's not how we operate. Uh, come back. Uh, let's try this again. And I, I would have gone back. And if they had shown me that the experience there was actually typically a lot different, I would have even been open if they had come up to the table and said, all right, was this, was this better now? Is this more to your satisfaction? Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So would you be so kind as to either replace or update that review? So replace it with a good one or update it to show that we made it right. And I would have done it. But instead, no. Now, I think what that business does, because I look at their reviews and they're just lopsided five stars, which is suspicious to me, as we've covered earlier, of I think they would do better if they're that sensitive to criticism to have something like Bazooie in place where they could ask people for feedback 
and intercept these issues and nip them in the bud. Yeah. I mean, that's the whole thing. It's a lot of business owners need to understand that it's about being, um, you know, proactive rather than reactive. Um, when you're proactive, you know, it shows that you care. It, it shows that, you know, you value their opinion and their feedback and that you're willing to um, adapt change based off of the customer feedback. Because, you know, a lot of business owners, you know, believe it or not, are still very stuck in their ways. Um, and that is, you know, it, it, it can really hurt your business um, because as soon as your customers understand that, you're not flexible. You're, you don't really care to, you know, make sure that everyone is having a uh, pleasant experience at your establishment. Yeah. You know, you, you're going to lose customers. Yeah. And then, and in the case where I couldn't find anything on their menu, think about how many times I had to ask for a menu and how I was ultimately treated to have it flung at me and have me hit, have it hit me in the arm where I felt it. Do you think that I felt comfortable saying to the waiter, hey, I'm not sure if there's something that meets my needs here. Is there something I'm missing? Uh, can you point me to something? Uh, is there something off menu here? But I was left resorting to their really awful chips and salsa. So, so that whole situation created a scenario where I felt like they went out of their way to, uh, to, to make me feel uncomfortable. And I actually feel that that waiter was trying to peacock, which means uh, there's definitions for that term but the one i'm going to use is that he was trying to show his alpha male side to those females so they would sleep with them yeah fair enough yeah um, that's what yeah. i think that's that's honestly what i think was going on and do i and do i deserve that as a customer absolutely not no yeah so hey, now everyone that, everyone's experience is different you know yeah. um and also like you said it could be depending on um you know female male um uh -huh. you know, I, don't, I don't like getting into that part but you know at, at the end of the day uh you know that's a real experience that should be shared that that and that's a real issue too if uh, people in in one group or another feel that it's not a place for them that could mean a few things it could reflect the it could reflect the culture of the business which may be a bad thing it could also uh, reflect that maybe there's a certain avatar of a type of customer and they need to adjust their advertising accordingly to attract a more of what they um, ideally serve. Uh, I mean, I'm just going to, I'm going to say this and people can argue all they want and I'm aware of the counter argument and I don't disagree with it. But if you have a sporting goods store, your avatar probably skews a little bit toward the male. Yeah. If you own a store that sells cosmetics i'm gonna guess your avatar is a woman <laughs> i mean i mean and again there are there are exceptions and i recognize the exceptions but there are certain realities as well and if you are finding you're getting a lot of reviews that are just off and it's for those reasons that could reflect uh, your culture and it also could reflect your offerings maybe you need to offer something that appeals to that demographic if they're so hot and bothered you don't offer it well maybe you should offer it because there's money on the table exactly yeah so if i so if i had a sporting goods store and a lot of women were saying that they didn't feel there was anything for them and uh, i'd say you know what i'm gonna bring in a line of camouflage makeup for women i'm gonna bring in i'm gonna more make yoga sure, yeah more yoga i'm gonna make sure that there is that that's another that, that and that's another fair example I'm going to bring in 
uh, more marketing that shows that the hunting gear we have is available for both males and females. I'm going to do these things because I want to serve more of that audience. And so I can use that as feedback to help me create a better range of services, products, what have you, that will increase my reviews positively over time. That's how I look at it. Yeah. I agree 100%. So now let's flip this to the business owner's perspective. And what do they see when they work with Bazooie? Yeah, they see a, uh, so they sign up for an account. It's actually free right now because of COVID. We're giving it for free. Um, And we actually just had a press release go out last week about that. Um, So we're offering the the opportunity for a free account lifetime. Um, And uh, we're just really trying to, you know, get business owners, um, you know, back on their feet. You know, this pandemic has been very, very hard on a lot of local business owners. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you, you know, you sign up for the account uh, through the website, bazooie.com. Um, and then you're automatically redirected to your dashboard. And then in your dashboard, you set up your social profiles in terms of like what review sites with the links um, you could customize what you want the SMS to say or, uh, and, or the email. So then once you're all set up, um, you could either upload your customers one by one, name, email, phone number, um, or you could bulk upload via CSV. Or if you have MailChimp, you can sync your MailChimp API key and then sync your list. Um, and then one more, you know, one more click, send out those requests. Yeah. And then, no. Go ahead. Oh, and then you'll be able to review if, if it was opened, um, what time it was opened, all that sort of thing. Right. So you have all those analytics and then you'll start, um, it'll start tracking to see, you know, what was left, what feedback was left and you can get notifications and all that. Right. So going back to the customer's point of view, merging these two together, the first thing the customer is typically asked for is to say, hey, how, how was your experience? How was the service? And they send a message to the business and they're given something where they can give that a, a star rating, basically. So the way their algorithms are set up in Bazooey is if it's a four or five, after they click submit to send that information to the business owner, they are then thanked for their feedback and asked to share it on whatever. Yeah, they're redirected. They're, they're redirected. redirected. How, however, if it's one, two or three, then instead of sending that to a review site, it then sends it to the business owner saying, uh, hey, you might want to take a look at this one. So it gives them a chance to intervene before something negative gets out there. So it's not denying in any way people's right to, denying people's right to share their candid views on the business. In fact, I would argue that it enhances their ability to send their candid views. Some folks who are really upset with something don't want to post it on places like Google, Yelp, or what have you, simply because they don't want to look like a troll, even though they have a legitimate beef. Uh, but they do want to make their voice heard, and maybe they didn't feel comfortable doing it in person, or maybe they tried to do it in person and were rebuffed. So it gives, so it gives a chance for that recovery conversation to happen separately. So to me, that actually empowers the consumer, if you ask me. No, it definitely empowers the consumer because how often are you able to, you know, 
have a one-on-one -on -one with a business owner. I mean, what business owner isn't going to respond to a, a bad, um, you know, bad feedback? Well, there are some that won't, but <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, no, I get it. But I'm just saying in, in, the, in the bigger picture, right, in the scheme of things, uh, you know, if you are a business owner that is, you know, willing to, you know, try Bazooie and use Bazooie um, with, you know, other tools that you use, then most likely you actually care about your reputation. Um, and therefore yeah. you're going to want to, um, you know, communicate with your customers, bad or now, good. Yeah. Now one final question, because a lot of our listeners are actually self-published authors and people who have consulting firms that offer products and services uh, as well as, you know, or, or they sell books now or information products. Now, I'm guessing this could be valuable to them as well, because in some of their cases, they really may not, you know, their business may not be appropriate for Google or Yelp, because maybe it doesn't have a physical location, or maybe it just doesn't fit within the avatars of those types of review sites. So I'm seeing a possibility that Bazooey could be a great resource for them as well. I'm a user of ActiveCampaign for my email marketing, and okay. I know that they use third-party solutions to survey me all the time. I mean, I think I've, I think I've streamed about a hundred movie, movies on Amazon, just from all the cards I've gotten from uh, doing all these things. And uh, in some cases it, it directed me to place a review on some, one of these niche sites that are specifically devoted to the email marketing industry. And in a lot of cases said, thank you so much. Somebody from active campaign will be in touch with you. Yeah. And to active I mean, campaigns credit, they actually, do reply. I mean, if I, if this review just happened to show up after an interaction with them that wasn't so hot, they contacted me and, uh, and, uh, and helped make it right for me. I love active campaign. They're fantastic. I, I celebrate them in part because there were one or two glitches and they were so awesome in making it all work out. And in some cases where I just left really good, uh, I turned in really good feedback. They contacted me just to thank me for being a customer. It's yeah, it's all honestly, regardless if you're online, offline, you know, at the end of the day, it's all about being able to communicate um, right. and how you communicate in a proactive, timely manner, right? It's, it, you know, you, you're probably not going to want to follow up with someone that visited your business, you know, a year ago. Um, most likely, they even forgot about their experience. Or they uh, forgot unless, about it, or they may say, "What now?" Yeah, like what? <laughs> what, what, what is it? What is a spam? Yeah, yeah. There's a yeah, yeah. There's sort of a. Uh, I would say there's sort of an expiration date on this stuff. The the iron only remains hot for a certain period of time. I've been contacted by businesses a year after the fact, and my reaction was, "Oh, they just hired this company now. They're trying to stack up their reviews." So, hey, a few cases I actually gave a review because I thought it actually was really good. And yeah, I'll help them out. But a lot of the times the reaction I really had was what now? Yeah. Where were you? Where were you a year ago when I had something to say? Exactly. Um, and, you know, that's that's always, you know, technology is ever changing. Um, but whatever, whatever is not, you know, ever changing or what is not ever changing um, is, you know, the, the customer's op opinions like, um you know, that, that really matters, learning about your customers. And however you do that 
is, you know, up to you as the, as the business owner, but, you know, always, you know, keep in mind that there are, you know, solutions and tools out there to assist with making it uh, a non-time consuming effort. Okay. So uh, for the cases of people like authors, for example, can, when you, when you have them enter the review sites, can you say that your, the Amazon page for the book is the review site? Uh, let's say it's a bricks and mortar business. Can you direct it to uh, something like Angie's List or something? Or if it's a consulting service, can you uh, tell them to go to the business's Facebook page if they pass that four and five star criteria? Yeah, of course. I mean, Great. actually, Facebook is one of the ones built in. So the right now built in is uh, Yelp, Google, and Facebook. Uh, but you could, there's also a custom field option where you could honestly enter any link you would ever want to um, and then direct to that page. So, yes, you could use it for Amazon if you wanted to. Oh, wow. Um, I wish I'd have known this two years ago. I had lots of buyers for Groundhog Day as an event, not a business strategy, on Groundhog Day 2018 when we got our international bestseller batch in three different countries uh, for uh, the sub-sub-subcategory of semantics. And, uh, and uh, I think I got out of that initial batch about eight reviews on Amazon. And then we ran into the issue that uh, Amazon didn't even publish about half the reviews. I think I got more like 15 and some of them just didn't even publish. So that can be a pain in the butt too. So for that reason, I set up a page for the book, which was up alive for about a year. And for the ones who were having problems with Amazon, I said, oh, sorry about the Amazon thing. Could you just go to my, could you just go to the book's Facebook page and paste it there? That'd be great, thanks. So I think, and I think what's really cool about that is you can give them a couple of different options because maybe, because I'm thinking of a situation because we have, we have entrepreneurs who publish books, but they only sell it through their website. It's not listed on Amazon, BNN or anything like that because they have it plugged into a lead generation system. They want all the names and email addresses. So in that case, uh, they might want their reviews directed to their Facebook page or something like that where they can capture them. And I think that that's, What's also really cool about this is since these books exist as lead generators for high ticket services, that can potentially open conversations about the services. Exactly. Yeah. Um, it's just making it more accessible. Great. Great. Well, we're at the top of the hour here. So what I want to do is uh, I think we've already gotten a good explanation of what Bazooey is. I'm going to share with our audience the URL and I'm going to spell it very slowly for those of you who are all jogging. It's bazooey.com, B-I-Z-O-O-Y.com. One more time, B-I-Z-O-O-Y.com. And with that, Eric, thank you so much for being with us today. It's been an honor, and believe me, an education. I love it. Thanks for having me. Take care. Bye-bye. We trust you enjoyed today's episode of the Business Creators Radio Show. Check out our previous and upcoming episodes on our website at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. While you're there, be sure to subscribe via your favorite network so you get fresh episodes delivered straight to you. Until next time, have a great day. Take care.